You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to Double Jump Radio episode 63. I'm your host Abia and I'm joined once again by my co-host John. John, how are you my friend? Pretty good. Um, like a weather update for Perth as is usual with me. It's like a lot of storms. <laughs> I like outside, so it hits me a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, otherwise, it's pretty chill. Been holding out for the episode this week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> How about you? No, I've, I've been well. I've been well. Um, just uh, playing uh, playing a little bit of Destiny where I can with the um, remote play kind of uh, things on the iPad. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, right. yeah. How about we uh, kick into the, the news? For this week, uh, John, we had some uh, interesting announcements from the world of Pokemon. Yeah, uh, do we need the little news report thing? Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Reporting from the field, Mr. John Reeves. (laughs) Yeah, I've got my mic. Standing in the rain, raincoat, <laughs> etc. Um, first off, new Pokemon trailer dropped yesterday or direct or something. Oh, I think, yeah, Pokemon Presents. Yes. For it. <laughs> so I covered more than just Scarlet and Violet, even though I don't really care too much about anything else right now. Because <laughs> it's been several months since last time we saw Scarlet and Violet, mm. but we'll run through the rest of it a little bit. First, it opened with the 2022 Pokemon World Championships update. Among the news that I didn't really listen to closely, um, the, the major news is, one, uh, Pokemon Go and Pokemon Unite, the MOBA that launched a year ago, um, they're being included in the championships this year for the first time ever. And um, Pokemon, yeah, and for the championship, I think we got a glimpse of the trophy, yeah. a glimpse of like plush toy you can get if you attend or just like if you buy it during this time period. I'm not actually sure. Um, and yeah, otherwise not too much there for um, people who are as interested in it as I am, Mm. which is not a huge amount. Um, Pokemon Unite is getting a first anniversary update as part of, and like, which kind of extends to a few things. And I think it's not over. Like there'll be more to follow up with um, Mm. based on this. So first there's an only Pikachu quick play mode called pick a party where every, literally every enemy NPC in the mode is a Pikachu including like the bosses, which are like Gigantamax Pikachu, which I think is really cool. <laughs> I like the look of it a lot. Yeah. Um, and then ult- the Ultra Beast, which is basically like a extra dimensional Pokemon for people who don't play it. Um, one of them oh, called Buzzwall gotcha. is being included as a playable Pokemon in Unite, like, you know, outside of just um, temporary modes and such. Mm, mm. And yeah, and apparently there will be follow-up um additions after the last couple days yeah um and lastly for this little roundup of non-scarlet violet stuff is mewtwo being added to pokemon cafe remix which is their sort of like puzzle game i forget what it's kind of based on because i always think of yokai watch because that that game had like one like that where it's like a bubble popper is it bubble is a bubble bubble um i don't know there's a classic game called bubble bubble i'm not sure if that's it's like where you shoot a, where you kind of got a little cannon at the bottom and you're shooting to like kind of match colors. I think it's Puzzle more ball? like you're kind of dragging 
I actually don't remember because I played a lot of that Yokai Watch. Anyway, Disney's got their own Puzzle. version with like Tum Tum, I think. I think that's another big one. It doesn't uh, matter. It's uh, been out okay. for a while. Oh, sorry. Gotcha, gotcha. I anymore. I was thinking about Temtem. No, Tem that's different. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Never mind. That was like some. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> but this <laughs> this mobile looks like... kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I really liked it when I played it. I think yeah. it's just like kind of dropped off because I just don't tend to keep with multiplayer stuff very long. Yeah. But um, yeah, I liked Unite from what I played of it when I launched. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, anyway, that kind of rounds up the non-important news. Um, so last, yeah, so after all that, there was a new trailer for Pokemon Scarlet Violet launching at the end of the year. Mm. So it kind of, lots of new details. Like there's also been like a number of leaks happening over the last couple months or so that I haven't been keeping track of, but I'm aware of several details in it. So this, as far as I could tell, only illuminated a little bit of it from what's been sort of leaked so far. Yeah. Which is kind of good, but it's not. It was kind of a little disappointing as someone who knows a little bit more about what the game's supposedly including. Anyway, um, so first off, the region for this gen, the Spain-inspired one, is called Paldea. Mm. I believe this wasn't revealed originally. Pretty sure this is the first time we're hearing about this. Yeah. Um, poker centers will be sort of well, they're labeled as outdoor poker centers which I think means just they're scattered across this like open world setting that Game yeah. Freak are trying for the first time in a proper way um, Pokemon centers light up at night each of them has a Pokeball sign on the roof which is normal but I think the idea is that they're trying to make it emphasize that they're kind of like highlighted in the world in the yeah. same way stuff in like Breath of the Wild or other things you know similar like using kind of a or oh, Elden Ring, actually. I think that did it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Like, the fast travel spots. I don't know. Are they, they're not called bonfires. I think they're called something else, right? In Elden Ring, but... Uh, yeah, I don't remember what they're called in Elden Ring. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway. Um, a big piece of news was that the story mode, or whatever you'd kind of call it in a Pokemon game, <laughs> like the essential path, I guess, yeah. the golden path, um, it will be non-linear this time, which is, I believe, a first for the series which means that there will be three mm, yeah. paths below. Not sure what this will mean in a Pokemon game exactly, but so far the, the first path, the only one that's been revealed, is the traditional kind of path through a Pokemon game, as you'll be aware of, which is like challenging gyms, like heading for to become champion. Um, that's another thing is that gyms can be challenged in any order this time as well, which is also very new. That's pretty cool. So it's very, yeah, so it's very freeform. Yeah, and that's also just you don't have seemingly you don't have to do that path right away either. Like it seems like you can. There's at least three. There's three paths. They haven't said any other ones. The first one is just the normal way of playing a Pokemon game. So yeah, it's exciting to see what like they seem to really be approaching it with non-linearity and like freeform, mm. like you know gameplay. Yeah, like the center point, which is like feels weird for game freak i think <laughs> you know they're very rigid it's not a hallmark of the, the 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 um the developer yes yeah, that's yeah that's a good way to say it um i think we already knew it but there's been a school setting is confirmed so this is you either be attend as a player you either be attending naranja academy or uva academy depending on which version you get um the game story will seemingly focus around a special independent study project called the treasure hunt I like the idea of a game being focused around a special independent study, study project, project. <laughs> that sounds fun 
Um, yeah, so I can't, like, from the way it was described, I can't really tell if it's meant to be one of the story paths or if it's just an overarching theme for the entire game. I'm guessing it's the latter, personally, but I can't really be sure. Mm. Um, the new mechanic, a new, like, kind of power-up mechanic has been revealed. Like, pretty mm. much every game for the last, like, four gens have been getting one, getting them. Yeah. This one is called Terrastalization. Stel- Terra or just terror basically for like <laughs> a bunch of buzzwords yeah. that fall under it so this is yeah so similar to mega evolutions or gigantamax or z moves or etc cetera, etc cetera. that seems to be this game's one so this basically involves turning a pokemon kind of crystal like to kind of give them a power up and this power up will change the pokemon well yeah it'll change the pokemon's typing to something different or just to amplify the one they already have. So for, again, for people who don't play them, a new change in type means um, a new stab move. A stab move is basically if you're using an attack that is the same type as this the Pokemon's type. So mm. if you're using an electric move as yeah. an electric Pokemon, it will have a bonus effect, like 20% yeah. damage or something like that. Um, yeah, it's so like, it's like um, it's kind of like um, like a way to like kind of modifiers for moves using yeah, the elements. Yeah. Mm. And as, if um, yeah. yeah, and if you change type as well, you're gonna get new weaknesses and strengths or defenses depending yeah. on what you have. So you know, change the rock, it'll be completely different, etc. Um, yeah. So overall, it just seems to be very much a boost in typing as well as a changing. So it's like. I think there seems to be a lot more focus on a like there's a lot more excitement in like competitive scene in that respect. Mm. I'm not sure excitement, but it's like it seems more suited to the competitive scene as in like being able to like have a one time trump card yeah. changing your typing depending on the situation. I wonder if that's kind of maybe to give these games a bit more of a longer longer life in terms of playability, you know. Mm. Maybe the, I mean the Switch Online, although it's severely lacking, it is there. So maybe there could be, you know, potential for maybe, you know, like a PvP or a PvP element to kind of be the the thing that keeps people coming back for multiple years. Yeah, sure. It's like because yeah. my I have a friend um who plays competitive Pokemon on Sword and Shield. Like, yeah, Hill, you know, they've yeah. done that the last few gens. So I don't, I don't think that's abnormal, but I do think there would be a bigger sense focus. in pushing it harder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, especially if, if, if they're already making strides to having with the Pokemon Go and Pokemon Unite in the championships, um, perhaps there's some learnings there that'll be ad- adapted to this. And I don't know, will this be like the first mainline game that have, has like a live service element to it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It makes sense considering yeah. how they... This game just seems to be so much more ambitious in a lot of ways. Yeah. But um, also, I did want to mention quick. I'm kind. Of, it's kind of wild to me that Pokemon Go is at the championships because it, it mentions having a hundred people in it. And I play that game. I don't play PvP just because I generally don't anyway. But I have played PvP before, and it <laughs> is like messy and not all yeah. that fun. So I'm surprised <laughs> anyone does it because it's very much just tapping and trying to like i understand that there's timing that goes yeah. into it and there's like there is tactics but it's hard to imagine being able to <laughs> get much like real like how deep is out it? of it yeah i'm very i actually kind of want to watch it just to see how that actually goes <laughs> but um no, anyway fair enough. 
getting back <laughs> to the news. Um, yeah, just so just to wrap up this terror gimmick that's being added to the game. Um, I use, <laughs> gimmick isn't. I use gimmick yeah. more generally. That yeah, is like a like a wrestling up. type thing. Like a. Well, it's like it's. I think it's like. As a word, it's like it is more generic. Yeah, it just wants to be more mean in games. Yeah, I it's think. become a pejorative now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, for this, um, terror types can be, like, each Pokemon has a terror type. Um, Pokemon, certain Pokemon seemingly can have different terror types. I'm not sure if this is meant to apply to just certain Pokemon or just to every Pokemon. Mm. It's I don't know. So they the example they use is Eevee. Which is normal usually can have mm. normal or flying terror type. So this, um, yeah. So it's kind of unclear whether this is kind of similar to nature's. So nature's is like being lax or bold or yeah, whatever. it's like a personality like trait. Are, yeah, as far as I remember, those are like entirely random. Like you can't control those at all. I don't gotcha. think so. But they have like small effects on stats and so on and so forth. I'm not sure if it's going to be like that, where it's like you just catch a random. Pikachu and it might have flying or it might have rock or something like that. Like I like That's that idea. A, I'm just trying to picture like a Pikachu flying. <laughs> like, well, it's like that's does yeah, it use that's its actually, tail like a helicopter maybe. Yeah, I'll mention. I'll just mention it now. Actually, it's because like if you pre-order, pre-purchase the game, you get. Oh, not pre-purchase. I think if you just buy it early, because mm. I think it goes away in February, you can get a Pikachu that knows fly. And also has the flying terror type, so that's a like a, that, that's a wow. Old that is thing, a... as far as I know. Like that's yeah, not a yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, you've been. I mean, I remember like you were always able to kind of teach like different moves that weren't necessarily the first choice for different Pokemon. But like sometimes I, I remember like okay, well, I've got I can't get to a Pokemon Center. I've got no other Pokemon that can use this skill, so I guess I'm just going to use this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just gonna... so this is just like that, but now a system. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, canon now. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so next up is terror raid battles. So raid battles, four player raid battles, where you know, four players versus a single monster like Pokemon mm. boss. Um, that already a thing in Sword and Shield, and this in um in Scarlet and Violet, they're called Terror Raids. Um, they're kind of different as in in that you can attack without waiting for other trainers or other players to take their turns. So it's not it's less turn-based sort of, or it's like parallel. Um, and it kind of moves a lot faster. Um, there are sort of these separate power-ups called cheers you can use during these battles. So um, they'll benefit all, all the Pokemon in the four-player party. This means you can boost their attack or and special attack, boost defense and special defense, and heal them. And you kind of, you apparently, from what's been described so far, you can use these instead of an attack. So it's kind mm. of there is a tactics element. It's just a little more chaotic, it seems, a little less. Yeah, like being, you know, what's the word? It's not so. Um, I guess like heavy on individual moves, you know, like it's not yeah. like you don't have to be like so precious about what you do. Maybe, maybe not. I imagine these raids aren't terribly hard in the first place if it's Pokemon, but I don't know. <laughs> that isn't meant to be a thing. I'm yeah. just saying it's like tend to design things with a slightly easier approach. But yeah, um, 
Gotcha. Because it's like the the cheers sound like what you'd normally think of as um uh like um like if in it like a RPG you'd have like a potion or a spell instead of mm-hmm. an attack you'd do that to kind of like uh, um. Oh my god, there actually is a term for it. Now I'm just like blanking on it. Oh. <laughs> like a status effect? I don't know. I had a, I had a, oh yeah, I'll say what you mean. A buff. Yes, I'm thinking of the word buff. <laughs> I don't right. forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man. It's so bad at this. I, I'm in my 30s. I'm, I'm, an old, I'm an old gamer now. <laughs> you should know that better than anyone. <laughs> but, um... but I'm forgetful. Um, just kind of to bring it back to Pokemon Go because I've played. I oh, know I've actually been playing less of it. It just seems to be my main <laughs> like reference for Pokemon nowadays. It does sound similar to Pokemon Go raids, which are like not very interesting, honestly. Like they're like they're not because it's not a turn based so... that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. No, it's it's because it's like a mobile game, and you, the whole point. It's like real time. Just, yeah. Tapping. So everyone's just tapping and using. Yeah. A super moves when they happen and so on and so forth. There's a bit of tactics from to it, but from a... from the impression that I always get when I when I hear about what it's like. It's just like you're just kind of tapping to be the first one to get the move out. Sometimes, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like you can dodge a bit and oh, anywhere. It's like a very real time, like, rather setup. than like, very little turn based elements to it. There is a little bit, but not much. Yeah, and, like it's just kind of like with the way this is described, it reminds me of that a bit, where I'm sure it'll be better than the way Pokemon Go works, just because Pokemon Go is like very, it's a very certain type style. Yeah. But um, it's, I know, I actually don't mind the idea of being so fast paced. That's mm. like, I feel like if I imagined a four player raid originally, that sounds intimidating to me. Yeah. <laughs> you're being like highlighted as like, oh, your turn better matter. <laughs> it's like this one that feels a little less like that. Yeah, um, I get you. I'm sorry. I'm just distracted by, like the COO, that they the the, the chief creative officer, whoever hit the hat on screen. He's like, incredibly handsome, and it's like, distracting because he's very different to what a typical game dev looks like. Like he's very, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like someone out of a music video. I think that's that's, like, that's how I'd describe yeah. him. <laughs> um. As part of the new trailer, a few Pokemon were revealed. Not many, actually. Only three, as far as I'm aware. So first was Fido. It's like a fairy-type puppy Pokemon that looks a lot like a cake. That's <laughs> kind of like you see it, like, see three of them, like, sleeping on a counter top or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I just had it. I think yeah. it is. Um, there's Paldean Wooper, who's the first regional for Scarlet and um, Scarlet and Violet. So I'm not sure, like, it's kind of mud-based instead of the water-based Weaver mm. of the previous um, games. And uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Probably They probably said it in the trailer, and I did not remember, but Ketitan, I'm not sure. Yeah, or Cell Titan, um, maybe. You think oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe that, yeah. yeah but it's like an ice-type yeah. ball of ice sort of looking thing. Not actually sure how to describe it. Oh, no, Cell Titan, Okay. Yeah. It's like oh, Ice yeah. Titan, but with that eye. <laughs> yes. Mm. Anyway. Oh, Quaxley yes. just looks amazing. Sorry. Oh, yeah, the hair. Beautiful. <laughs> or whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't see it. Like, I was really looking forward to, like, the evolutions of the starters or, like, just yeah. the first, the next one, you know, like yep. the middle evolution. Didn't get it. 
like there was only three new designs we've seen um from that trailer which is kind of disappointing is like that <laughs> yeah. being like the main draw for me is like seeing a new trailer personally yeah do they show and... up the legendaries before yeah well like we saw the covers already yeah because like well, um... yeah yeah are you going to talk about it now because we have to talk yeah. about how one of them is a motorcycle <laughs> yeah yeah so as um this trailer did reveal the kind of part they play in the game seemingly which is kind of as your main companions probably very early in the yeah. game and, and like a mount operate, as well yeah like yeah. seems to operate very similarly to the mounts in arceus pokemon pokemon mm-hmm. legends arceus from last year yeah. yeah it was last year yeah oh wait no no it was this year wasn't it because they already oh was it oh wow i don't not nah. i don't remember now <laughs> i think it might have been early not... this year if not late last year Right, because it came out in January, but I can't remember if it was yeah. this year or last year. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, it's going to be seemingly kind out. of riffing on the mounts of Arceus. So in the Arceus, you had um, <laughs> whatever whatever that race's name is called. Yeah, oh, it, it came it? out yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, 28th Jan this year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But you had, like a, you had a deer mount that's for land. You had like Basculesian for water. And you had... Um, oh... In my head somewhere, but you basically had like a bird for like gliding, similar mm. to like Breath of Wild or something. Except mm. you could basically just fly forever with it. Um, this one yeah. seems to the um, the legendary Pokemon, like the cover Pokemon, Coridon and Maridon. Yeah, so they can transform depending on what you need them for. They seems to be your main way of getting around the world. I think in the um, press, like kind of like the press release copy, it mentions that you need to kind of unlock them. So that's probably very similar to Arceus as well. It's just kind of a progression path as you make your way through the game. Yeah. And um, yeah, seems to be the same overall gist as Arceus, basically, which is exciting to me, actually. Like, especially in a big open world, because Arceus had, like, big open levels. Yeah. And, like, the idea of doing the same thing across something, you know, unified is uh, exciting to me. Yeah. Uh, And that's the thing, like, uh, like the maps shown in this don't look as bad or as as oh. Arceus from what I mean like, yeah no I, yeah. I agree it's like, <laughs> I think it did, yeah it's like it looks it looks better but it's also like maybe it's so blurry. smallest yeah like, it's yeah it, <laughs> like that's the word I kept mm, thinking of it's like man this feels, like it feels like a 3DS game or something yeah it's, it's like, like it, it's the the Nintendo Switch is definitely showing its age let's let's be honest here yeah, like, you know. it's like it's it's a shame because like I I always like the art direction for Pokemon games. Yeah, I like yeah, what Game Freak do with it, but it's very um, yeah, yeah they don't seem to be able to squeeze as much out of the game as mm. of the console as you know Monolith Soft or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Work and, and Monolith, the the developers of Xenoblade, right? Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles. Yeah. Yep. Um, who knows? Like, I I'm, yeah, because I. It's also that, and also because it's so low resolution that like you get a lot of jagged, jaggy edges and stuff, and it just it looks yeah. very it's unclean. Not a lot, it's not a lot of aliasing either, <laughs> as well, as well as the low res. So it's just yeah. a bad combo technically, despite the art being quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I saw someone take a screenshot of like when they said like lush greenlands, and it's like you know just kind of empty geometry <laughs> with a few trees. trees. As it's like, oh, that's that's mean. Oh. Uh... Yeah, I think I had. Yeah, it's. Listen, it's. I don't know. It, it, mm, 
it's it's a tricky it's a tricky um situation that the Pokemon company's in because it can't it, it can only work with what it's given, <laughs> let's be honest. And yeah, I mean I think you something's gotta give, you know, when you've got a certain amount of power and you wanna make larger scale maps, you can't do as much detail, you know. Well it's got more detail than Arceus has though. Like it's yeah. impressive what they've been able to do. Considering yeah. it's like but I would hope so, <laughs> given it's yeah, been, no, you know. It hasn't been that long. It's like, how long, how long, how long was Arceus? Like seven months. Yeah, but who knows how, but yeah, who knows how long this has been in development? Because like. I know. Yeah. But it's, it's like, I'm surprised and, and how much of a difference it seems to be, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's not, still not that impressive. <laughs> Listen, there are, f- there, when Arceus had three trees, this has five. This is, this is a dramatic improvement. Um. It's uh, it's it's still a blurry mess, but not as bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've, I'm starting to feel mean now. And okay. Also, just kind yeah. of ignorant of what it's, it really goes into. You stuff. know what? It's um, it's it's still a great effort for what what the system is, and uh, and that's the thing. Like we have to remember that it's running on basically a a mobile processor. Like that's what the Nintendo Switch is, is basically an Nvidia mobile processor from two thousand like fifteen that it's running on. So if you if you if you take that into consideration, it's doing a very good job. It does feel like a game that would probably feel and look a lot better in your hands. You know, like there's a yeah. lot of there's you know, a lot of games kind of come off that way where it's like 100%. Oh, this doesn't look fun at all or something. Yeah. Like, you know, any other game and it's just like it just feels like com- transformed. And you're actually, it's, you're actually playing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes, really. Especially on the smaller screen with the lower resolution, it may not be as much of an issue. And, and when you're in the heat of battle and stuff, you probably wouldn't be um, focusing on the backgrounds. Well, I, I assume you wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that kind of rounds up Pokemon this time. But we've, Riot Games, has got something yeah. to announce as well. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've got um uh we had a, a very special announcement from uh, Riot Games, the 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 notorious, the infamous company behind uh, League of Legends and Valorant. Uh, so a few years ago, uh, Riot Games purchased the rights to a project called I think it was called Raging Th- Rising Thunder, which is basically yeah, um. Like a game from like Seth Killian, who was like a long-time Capcom uh, producer, as well as the Cannon Brothers, who most famously created uh, um, the Evo series, and I think they're also the masterminds behind the the like GGPO rollback netcode that a lot of fighting games really use. Apparently, it's like kind of the the benchmark for like multiplayer infrastructure, like netcode for fighting games. So, uh, Project L seems to be the the continuation of that existing project, but um, now it's going to be focused. Uh, it, it is more focused. It is exclusively of the League of Legends roster, which you know, if, as we've seen with um, the League of Legends um, TV show, and and um, I think and there was also the mobile. Like there's there's actually it's got a great art style. There's great characters. There's great lore to kind of tap into. And let's be honest, like most of the fighting games now are like, like especially like. Guilty Gear Strive or even um fighting DNF Duel is like it's they're pretty much League of Legends characters already anyway in terms of their designs and yeah. I always thought of League of Legends as being Blizzard characters. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Because, like, yeah, because they're, they're kind of like riffs. Well, League of Legends was kind of like the, the, the fork in the road to Dota, which was basically a whole bunch of Blizzard assets ripped from Warcraft, <laughs> turned yeah. into a game, and then kind of redesigned and- once Valve um, bought the license to it. Uh, so, yeah. So, in a way, it's like Blizzard characters in a fighting game with mm. more of a fantasy, colourful lens. I'll, I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, like another way to put it would be that like old League of Legends trades in archetypes. Like yeah. character, you know, stock characters a lot. So, it's kind of a perfect fit for a fighting game when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. And basically, um, the the... The news that's come down now is that uh, Tom Cannon, one of the aforementioned Cannon brothers, um, has confirmed that the game is going to be a free-to-play title like Valorant, like League of Legends, which is great because, you know, as as someone who is terrible at fighting games but really appreciates them, it's it's you know a game like this could be really great because the whole the whole um, the whole philosophy behind Rising Thunder was to make a game that has le- like less of a barrier en- of entry in terms of you know button inputs and remembering combos and things like that, and and just yeah. letting like being more beginner friendly. And so that's kind of carried over here because he he uh, Tom Cannon actually says specifically, um, you know, the the move to free to play is as part of a. Uh, an initiative to quote remove as many barriers of entry as possible quote and um yeah another another thing that stopped fighting games traditionally from getting bigger was you know they traditionally required you to be you know at an arcade or even having friends around to play on the you know like a console port of right and then when the advent of multiplayer kind of made it that you could play with anyone around the world um, but the netcode kind of kept a lot of fighting games back held a lot of fighting games back from really replicating that in-person feel and, and the kind of the responsiveness there. So this could be a great way to make fighting games much more accessible, being free to play and having great netcode and having like a recognizable roster of characters um, a, and a like a less reliance on kind of complex motions and things like that that can get in the way of new players from really having fun with fighting games, you know? Mm. It's because you yeah, know what like, you want to do, but you can't get the move out. That's the frustrating part. Yeah. Yeah, like, to kind of, like, highlight, to go kind of go back to Rising Thunder, original mm. project, because I was really excited for that, you know, years ago before they were purchased. Mm. And I, I don't know. I could be excited for anything. But it was really, it was very interesting. Like, it was, I'm sure, like, it was getting a lot of good press and it was getting a lot of traction, which is, you know, why they were purchased. And it's yeah. like the way it worked mechanically was that it was very much based around normals and learning normals and really caring about, you know, normals being like just the, the basic regular moves, button presses. Yeah. yeah. Not really combos, more about like the actual psychology of a fighting game match yeah. against another player. And like where, and super moves were instead of being like certain button combinations or anything like that, they were like, yeah, one button presses with cooldowns. Like that was the distinction mm. that made Rising Thunder you know kind of could have made it like a meaningful change in the industry like maybe yeah. not but you know that was what they were heading for so it makes a lot of sense that riot would want a game like that to build off legend legend thing and as well as kind of pairing that idea up with valorance 
netcode or just you know their entire netcode as well but it's mm. like i remember valorant you know being announced and half the announcement was this has got crazy good netcode net code, like yeah. that was like the entire thing it's like you know it's like you like counter-strike here it is with insanely good netcode like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and, so the, and like, the yeah no sorry. Oh, sorry i was just gonna say it's like i'm excited to see where that goes i'm still yeah, not a fan for sure. of it and league of legends is not something that's really drawn me in that much yeah still like there's a show i only got a couple episodes in and then i've kind of bounced i'm not sure i'll come back to it and like yeah. everything else about it has been i don't know it just hasn't captured me yet and a yeah. lot of these things are just nets for people you know it's like they're waiting for people to jump into them so they can get drawn into the riot behemoth yeah and then buy some dlc yeah <laughs> buy some cosmetic <laughs> items yeah That's like the that was it league of legends arcane was the the netflix show i saw episode yeah. one it seemed cool so far but you know I, I, like you i didn't really get back into it like to i didn't feel like i needed to watch the rest of it but yeah. maybe i'll but give it like, yeah another yeah, shot yeah but like, sorry but it's like it really worked on a lot of people mm, like mm. people are really into that show and it got them into playing the game or just caring about it you know yeah or like playing that um rpg from um gunship i think mm. i'm not sure what that developer's called like the one who worked on battle chasers it's like that turn-based rpg oh. it's like there's you know they're trying to create more and yes. more avenues yeah to get to involved get in. in the in the universe yeah. in the law and the the content ecosystem <laughs> yeah like but it's like you know like maybe next year you'll be playing league of legends and talking about oh no, it. Oh no. if that happens <laughs> bye-bye full-time job <laughs> yeah um so uh, uh another uh, another thing that was showed off uh was uh, a character called oh, i have no idea what's going on with the, okay it's just my screen okay um oh it's the stream okay no it's all good never mind i don't know what's going on with the stream <laughs> it's it's all fixed now um so uh also uh tom cannon also announced the next character in the roster uh by the name of oh, there's gonna be i's and l's together always get me so i think it's il il iloi iloi uh the truth bearer for the god naka naga kaburos jesus christ um is that like Elawi, like maui maybe Elawi. Say Laui, the truth, and also like Maori, but that's New Zealand. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it is a Polynesian name. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, uh, another character, I, I presumably from the League of Legends universe, which clearly we are so well versed in that we know this off the top. <laughs> um, but uh, if if folks, uh, you know, kind of eager to try out Project L, um, uh, Tom Cannon prom promised uh, that there should be at least one more video update. Uh, for the game uh, before the end of the year, but no, uh, no, kind of firm release date or even release window. I mean, the fact that it's still called Project Something probably implies that it's a little, little ways off from being, you know, uh, like officially released. I don't know. I like the. I know Rising Thunder is a bit like a generic name. But there was something about it. I don't know. Well, I, I, I was like, I was, I actually forgot to say it as well. It's like, I was really into the aesthetic because mm. it was like the gimmick. I gotta stop saying that word so much. But like the, the premise yeah. of the game, that's a better word, um, was like each character was like a giant kaiju robot. Mm. 
I think it was always yes, yes, it was. And like yeah. the arenas were going to be like cities with like you know a downscaled city. And I was thinking, it's like, oh, why hasn't any game done that? Well, I mean, I'm sure one has, but yeah. it's like it's. Um, I really love that idea, like having you know, like really emphasizing scale as you're playing. Yeah. Scale. Like, I don't know, that's not again, that's not new, but like that was really exciting to me. Like I really yeah. love that idea, and it's like. Um, I don't know it's a pity that part's probably gone. But what if I don't know mechanically? Yeah, I'm yeah mechanically. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the video that's shown, I mean, and what they've shown previously, it definitely looks much more normal. Um, but <laughs> how cool would it be if <laughs> they said, "Oh, psych! Everyone's a, everyone's a kaiju now. Everyone's in kaiju suits. Like they're in giant, like kind of <laughs> like the mechs from um uh, from like a Pacific Rim." <laughs> <laughs> that's how they're fighting that'd be so cool that um, actually would be cool to have like a universe themed kaiju <laughs> you know like it's just know, to be right? like mechas but themed based on characters i would mm, want that mm. to happen more and things <laughs> but yes uh, that's going to do it for the project l news uh, how about we move over to some more projects this time from the folks at uh behavior interactive uh you know might know as the developers of uh, as a developer of Dead by Daylight. Yes. Um, is it called Behavior Interactive or Behavior Beyond? Because we've got it. Oh, uh, it is Behavior Interactive. Behavior Beyond is the showcase. Okay. My bad. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> I really should have. Anyway. Um, yeah, okay. So, Behavior Interactive's first showcase, lab- titled Behavior Beyond. Um, yes. It's shown off a few new games, a, lo- a bunch of new content for their title dead by daylight um so first up is their crossover with resident evil i think this has been teased for a while as mm. i understand it um it's called project w um will include wesker as a new killer it's kind of based on his resident evil 5 appearance where he's dressed in leather and he's like a superhero <laughs> oh not a superhero it's villain a like he moves power. really fast yeah. yeah um and then rebecca chambers from resident evil zero and one technically, and Ada Wong from a few of them. Um, they're going to be used survivors in the game. So there isn't much detail on any of this. Um, the only detail so far has been for Wesker. He will be able to infect other players, which will apparently work differently to Nemesis. I'm not sure what this means exactly, because Nemesis is a Resident Evil 3 thing. I feel like Nemesis might be referring what? to something in Dead by Daylight <laughs> proper. I'm not yeah. actually sure. Yeah. But that is what I read. So... And now you've heard it. So Raccoon City Police Department map will be split into two maps, East and West Wings, and that's all the content so far for Resident Evil. Um, before the Resident Evil crossover, it sounds like there'll be more coming. So mm. we'll, uh, we'll probably, maybe we'll update if there's more. Um, after that was that the previously announced dating sim from the universe of Dead by Daylight called Hooked on You is now out. You can go play it. That is crazy. That 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 sentence there is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's like I feel like it's less surprising after they made a um, K-pop themed killer the other year. Like how yeah, long? A couple years ago. Was. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that feels. I don't know. I think like those two things together make happy about either, that. both of them less surprising. Mm. <laughs> um, and lastly, for this one at least. I'm not sure if there was much else announced, but um, 
they have also announced oh, they did announce a new game that i forgot to cover anyway <laughs> but they have announced a new game called meet your maker this will be yeah. their first person building and raiding game that takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland which sounds kind of it was found sounded very familiar to me i was kind of mm. when i first read that sentence i was thinking it sounds a lot like rust and all those yes. other games are like rust yes but it's actually seemingly a bit more like a first-person version of um, Mario Maker or something. Like yeah. that seems to be the idea, where it's on one first one side you have players building kind of these towering brutalist industrialist outposts. Um, they're basically like gauntlets filled with traps mm. to protect um, quote genetic material. Not sure what that means. But um, it kind of like, it plays into like a larger world and story, but that's the idea. It's like you're protecting money at the end of a long gauntlet that you're building. Um, these gauntlets are sort of they're like more iterative. That's the idea. Players can test and then upload them for other people to play. Mm. Um, the idea is that as you as people play it and beat it, you can kind of come back to it and see how people are playing it. And then change it and make it harder and so on and so forth. Um, that's that's that side of the game. The other side of the game is actually playing these gauntlets. I mean, as like a first person, yeah, gauntlet. Like that's yeah, I think what I've just described. Like you're trying to overcome the traps and just mm. basically the machinations of the player who built this trap for you. Yeah. Um, there's two weapons available: a harpoon gun with limited ammo, and a melee weapon. There's consumable grenades, a grappling hook. And yeah, so the idea is that you're basically commit trying to pull off a heist of someone else's kind of like creation treasure. Yeah, yeah. So you're trying to get to the resource, then get out without dying because you're dead in one try. Yeah, by one hit. But mm. you can try as many times as you want. And yeah, and it's a really it's, cool idea. Yeah, I really like it. Like, I was surprised. Like, I was, I was like really expecting it to be because uh, you know it's a Dead by Daylight people who are kind of like they created that genre, that sort of other like Friday the Thirteenth and a few other games kind of riffs yeah. on in their own ways. Well, I mean, let's not forget. Uh, well, I mean, it's also uh, what is it? Evolve. I think that was kind of one of the first oh, yeah, the asymmetric true. the PvPV. Yeah, it's like PvPVE. It's like. We, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. Like asymmetrical where one person plays like some sort of creature of the of the week and then the other player is trying to survive. Excuse me, or try to bring it down. And that that's something that Evolve did with which you know, from the from Turtle Rock, which were the folks who made uh, the Left For Dead series. So that I think that crashed and burned. <laughs> but yes. De- Dead by Daylight has just been one of those like it's like one of those constant games that you don't hear about, but it's just got a really big player base. And it's just like, it's yeah, making yeah. money, but you just don't hear it in headlines. Yeah, exactly. It's like, they seem, you know, they get headlines occasionally with like a new killer, like the mm. K-pop one, or like, you know, like they have a lot of partnerships as well. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, yeah, so it's like, so from hearing the first parts of this game, and it's like, oh, this sounds like another, they're just kind of doing another genre. As a yeah. long-term thing but it's like a very you know it's such a more inventive concept than i expected which yeah. is cool like they're using all the money they gained from dead by daylight to and make something back into it interesting yeah and inventive because it's it's yeah it's like a mix of mario maker um it's like a mix of mario maker no man's sky 
and like quake maybe quake yeah it's got a very quake aesthetic like i was thinking id software a lot of browns and grays a lot of like hideous monsters and sort of like with like yeah it 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 it, it definitely has that id software quake um design to it not just the level like the but the as like the actual enemies look like definitely something out of a quake like a reboot or something yeah, yeah. um but yeah oh yeah that's the last thing yeah so this is very much they've said that it's intended to be another long-term project mm. so another i suppose it it's meant to exist parallel with dead by daylight as yeah. like just another service it. game that will just be updated forever as long as they can and it's also kind of got a little bit of a focus on twitch streaming as well which makes yeah. sense but it's um yeah that kind of covers meet your maker mm-hmm. new game mm-hmm. from behavior interactive yeah and yeah that covers the showcase yeah sweet well uh let's take a quick uh quick second to have a drink of water and we'll get straight into the next um the next story or set of stories So this <clears throat> next story uh, kicks off kind of like a couple of kind of general news from this past week. And this first one is that in uh, Microsoft, as we all know, uh, is planning to acquire Activision Blizzard for almost uh, 69 US billion, 69 billion US dollars. And as a part of this kind of ongoing process it's it's had to file a few different documents and, and lodge a few claims through uh, various uh, c- trade commissions and and federal uh, kind of and like competitive commissions and, and and one such ruling um one such filing is actually coming out of New Zealand of all places um in a filing to the New Zealand Business Acquisitions and Authorizations Commerce Commission say that three times fast uh, Microsoft's written uh, some like a very interesting, I don't know, has used some interesting language uh, when describing the fact that uh, acquiring Activision Blizzard is not going to be a threat to the overall gaming market and limiting the release of, you know, sought-after titles on competing platforms like Nintendo Switch or the PlayStation platforms. So uh, this is a quote here specifically with respect to Activision Blizzard video games, there is nothing unique about the video games developed and published by Activision Blizzard that is a, quote, must-have, quote, for rival PC and console video game distributors that could give rise to a foreclosure concern. So, um, yeah, it's it's not going to result in a, a lack of competition within the company, because, within the industry, because, uh, frankly speaking, <laughs> there's nothing... I don't know. There's, there's nothing when when you say the company you're buying doesn't have a has no must have titles. It's kind of I don't know. I just I'm not expecting this kind of like honesty from from a company such as Microsoft. What what do you think? <laughs> oh, is it is it honesty? It doesn't sound like it, but it's like um, it just sounds like they're trying to downplay exactly. Yeah, 
that's like we're spending 69 billion dollars on not much um yeah but don't worry it's not gonna hurt anyone like you know it's it's all gonna yeah. be good nothing's gonna you're not even gonna notice not even gonna notice yeah um as part of this um new zealand filing this also included we don't have the show notes i'm kind of going off my memory um but it's like this also included um statements from a number of um other mm. companies including yes. playstation all the major publishers and a, a few others, like just major game corporations, basically. Yes. Yes. Um, from what I remember, everyone was fine with it except for so, Sony. Um, yes. Sony made it very like the one thing that came out of Sony's statement was that making it very clear that um, they believe that nothing can replace or replicate Call of Duty in terms of its just overall significance in the game industry and as a product. As mm. in, like we can try and make another one but we can never make another one and it's not even really worth trying. So yeah. they were basically trying to say that, and like that, you know, and they were saying this by saying also Call of Duty is a big part of our profit yes. margins. So and having that yeah, taken so away. Were, yeah, exactly. Like that was against it because they saying this is like Call of Duty is basically a cornerstone of the industry. Yeah. And it, that, that fact applies to us as well as it does anyone else. Mm. like you know as in other platform holders namely microsoft so yeah. it's um, yeah so it's i'm kind of more inclined to go with sony there because that does sound very true to yeah reality and and like in the in the filing itself you know there's acknowledgement that quote microsoft has demonstrated that it is not withdrawing content from other platforms and that includes call of duty right and it was gonna yeah. um the the thing here to keep in mind is that um so quote it will continue to make call of duty and other popular activision blizzard titles available on playstation through the term of any existing agreement and beyond uh, and it you know microsoft has also publicly stated that it is interested in taking similar steps to support nintendo's platform uh end quote so the existing agreement and beyond just means okay there's already licensing in place there's already agreements there co-marketing things like that um so we're going to honor that and beyond but it doesn't say exactly what that means going forward you know like yeah. is there going to be a like a 6 month head start or is there going to be like a 1 month like even a 1 month head start for a call of duty must be a big would be a huge game changer yeah it's very much um them asking for faith in them in yes. that they're saying, what they're saying is going to remain true going forward past yeah. all the marketing agreements so it's yeah. like that like that is the point you know they're trying to convince the new zealand government that what they're saying is going to be true especially in contrast to what other people are saying which yeah. it seems to be mostly sony everyone else is fine with it as far as i remember yeah um, there i think there yeah. are some other interesting statements in the mix there but that is the core disagreement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, famously, Sony was publicly the, the last holdout for crossplay. Like, Microsoft and Nintendo have had agreements in place for Minecraft and other games to remain on, on Switch and, and continue to be playable there and, and things like that. But, I mean, I think it's kind of justified from Sony's point of view, you know, if, if, if you're buying this huge, like you already have Bethesda, you already have Ninja Theory, and you know Dub Double Fine is a part of that, right? Double Fine, yeah. Obsidian, like all you've already got a stable of 
it, like now effectively first party uh, developers now you're going to add an entire publisher another entire publisher to yours with arguably <laughs> some of the biggest games and you know world of warcraft call of duty like just those two games alone probably make billions of dollars a year right so that's a huge loss for sony which famously in recent years hasn't been doing too well financially and relies on playstation and it's i think it's and it's movie division to kind of keep it propped up uh mm. in a lot of ways so yeah i definitely understand where sony and um uh, sony and it's like kind of playstation kind of brands are, are worried about this but you know uh time will tell we'll, we'll we'll find out soon enough exactly how i don't know how to the how supportive microsoft will remain i'll put it that way yeah that's like i yeah I wouldn't expect them to change much because yeah. Microsoft get more money out of keeping it on PlayStation. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, there's not much. Like, they, they get little benefit out of locking stuff out. Which is, yeah. you know, like, you're right about, like, Minecraft being, like, the perfect example of it. Yeah. Like, they, it's the exact same deal. It's, like, just something that makes gigantic amount of some money. Yeah. Everywhere. So why would we stop that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah. 100%. And Motel, as you said. Yeah. Well, speaking of time, we'll tell uh, another uh, another announcement is one coming from uh, Logitech and Tencent. So Logitech, uh, like I think it's like a 30, 40 year old like kind of peripheral company, you know, keyboards, mice, um, steering wheel, like pretty much if you can think of any sort of gaming accessory, Logitech's got its fingers in that pie. Um, And Logitech has announced that its G division, which is kind of its gamer-specific peripheral division, has partnered with Tencent Games. Uh, so Tencent Games, part of Tencent, which is like a huge Chinese uh, media conglomerate. One of the, you know, it owns, uh, owns a huge stake in Epic Games, um, uh, Riot Games. I think it owns Riot Games outright and, and a few other, other key purchases there. Um, so the two companies are partnering together on a new... Um, cloud gaming focused handheld system. So as part of this, uh, both companies announced that they're already working with the Xbox cloud gaming team as well as the NVIDIA GeForce Now development teams. So those are Microsoft and NVIDIA's uh, cloud gaming service teams respectively. Um, and that the, the appeal is so that players can... Uh, play their um, AAA games, quote, at, quote, AAA games when they're away from their console or PC, end quote. So the interesting thing here is that unlike something like the Steam Deck um, and other, like, handheld PCs and, and, like, something like the Nintendo Switch, which are designed to play games natively, like, on the on the hardware that you're playing on, like, as in the computing powers in there to run the games, whereas this is sort of like, you know, when the Nintendo Switch has, you know, those cloud streaming versions of, like, games like The Witcher 3 or... I don't know. Oh, no, no, sorry, Assassin's Creed, I'm thinking. I think it's Assassin's Creed. Um, and, oh, yeah. Yeah, and also, uh, like, when, when people are playing on their Steam Deck and they're playing, like, uh, a streamed version of their Steam games from the library somewhere else in the house this is basically taking that idea and making hardware dedicated specifically to it instead of like an add-on to like a, an ipad or you know or, or a phone me personally i think this would be great because i 
have found myself playing, I guess, not having as, uh, I guess, like time spent. Okay, I'll, I'll take a step back. When you got a significant other or a partner, you don't want to be, you, you may not get the chance to kind of be in front of the PC playing a game, in front of the console playing the game away from them, right? So what I do is like when my wife is watching TV on the bed, I'll just be next to her with playing Destiny 2 streaming from Steam onto my iPad through the Steam Link or the Moonlight app and I'll just pair like a, a DualShock controller, Bluetooth controller and play that way. There's a there's a little bit of input lag. Like there's like, it's actually pretty good because like it only adds like another maybe 20 milliseconds or something of delay which which isn't significant. Like probably for a multiplayer game, like I don't play Destiny 2's like crucible mode the multiplayer mode like that but when i'm playing it when i'm just doing kind of like the the pve activities or even if you're just playing a game that's not like a really twitch like you wouldn't play cuphead on it but it's perfectly serviceable for like the majority of games probably in your library you don't necessarily need to spend that extra money on a really heavy duty system in your hand like imagine a something that was a handheld that was a couple of hundred bucks potentially that just let you access you know maybe it supports you know x if it already supports xbox cloud gaming and geforce now you know it could what if it supports steam uh the, the steam link f- feature what if it supports ubisoft's um i think ubisoft plus like kind of that service or amazon with its lunar streaming or i mean stadia still exists i think yeah, i forgot about <laughs> Luna. <laughs> yeah and then and then also um like who knows maybe even playstation with the the, the the remote play functionality like this could be a great way to do that while not com- you're not taking money away from those companies because you're not creating your own you know app store or whatever you're not creating your own competing system you're just providing basically a screen and um controller a controller interface for existing services so this could be a great like kind of happy medium there what do you think um i definitely think it sounds my first thought, I guess it's just because of Tencent as well, but my first thought is that they're trying to design a, you know, yeah, like a secondary mobile handheld mm. for like, especially for Asian markets. You know, yeah. Where, like, you know, where they have like much better internet support than other places can. Like, you know, just like more widely available mm. for game streaming because that's such a high, like intensely bandwidth Demanding. heavy sort of thing still. Yeah. It's like you know. It's like I know in America and UK and elsewhere, or just Europe, everywhere outside. Everywhere that is, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like it's not really. It's still not like that common because it's just so yeah. expensive. Still that kind of access. Yeah. Like to play it regularly, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. My point is that like I think it's just gonna. It's. I mean, I guess you'd probably guess as well. It's like it's gonna be a customized Android device built mm. to have several apps on it. And yeah. stream well, better than a phone would, without being so heavily reliant on the battery life of a phone. Yeah, that's something you use extra. You know, like that's like I mean, I think I feel like that's been done before already. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess it's just more like pro phone. You know, like hardcore yeah. powerful phones. Maybe I've tried that already, but it's um, mm. yeah, I don't know. Like I think there's a lot of sense in it though. Yeah, like it makes sense to kind of do it now while things are like ramping 100%. up. And and. <clears throat> like like was it like the Razer Kishi and like devices like that that are kind of like kind of like controller grips for phones they're, they're never quite as like 
they always seem like a bit of a compromise. So having a handheld that's like built from the ground up with a great control interface could be a great um it's a, it's a, it could be a great option. The the one thing I I'm I may not be like, you know, because you're right, bandwidth is so limited, maybe this may not be the right fit. I don't think it, in Australia may not be the right fit for people who are streaming directly from the cloud, but I think this could be a great candidate for people who are streaming within the home, within their yeah, local sure. network. That's where this could be a really, really awesome um, thing because, yeah, our internet's pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah, like like it says like both companies are working with Xbox and NVIDIA and that makes yeah. me think they're, more, they're probably more like extra aspects of the product to mm. me more than like, I actually don't know. I'd be very curious to know what their like core audience is. Because yeah. like I mentioned that and that's very much Western like mm. products mm. that mm. I don't mm. think are available in like Asian markets yet. Yeah. yeah. Like it feels like something to kind of no, and that like it's it's welcome, but it, it feels like something that where it's like it's probably not their primary focus. Yeah. And I think um, this could be kind of... Yo, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was just like, I just like, yeah, basically what I just said. I'm not sure where it's like, what it's focusing on, what it's like trying to achieve as a product exactly. Yeah, I think it, it, I think it may be trying to compete more heavily with the mobile market, and mm-hmm. you know where there's probably a lot of data showing in Asia that there a lot of people are playing primarily on their phones, maybe, and so this could be a yeah. way to tap into that market. You 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 provide them with the portability that they're looking for but then also access the library and the you know the the in-game purchases or whatever of of the various services so you you, you kind of yeah you don't really lose anything there um provided that you know your internet like provided the, the gameplay experience is smooth enough yeah it's like this it's like the myth behind um stadia where yeah you know the idea that like there's the core part, which is people don't want to buy expensive hardware to play these cool looking games. Yeah. That's the good part. And then it's like, but they want to pay $60 for it still. That's not really something that's going to happen. Like, yeah. that's the reason it really didn't work. But it's like, this is like the same idea, though. It's like, it's very much like aimed at, it, I mean, imagine, I imagine it is aimed yeah. at people who aren't willing to go beyond their phones and yeah. what they're comfortable with yeah. when it comes to games. And yeah, like you're right. Like it's about expanding that market. And and that's the thing. Like the Stadia thing was like, okay, people don't want to buy new hardware to to play a game. Okay, but then, but we're still going to have our own proprietary c- controller. Yes, we'll support your ones, but we'll also have our own. And then we're gonna, um, and it's not going to be compatible with all of our existing Chromecasts, except this new one, like the um the like the revision of the existing one we had. And also, the new Chromecast we're releasing in a few months is not going to have it for like a year. <laughs> like, it was, it was a bit of a like, it was like kind of doomed to fail from the start. So yeah, yeah. I will so, say I did, I did kind of miss the to market later this year part. Of yeah, our show. which is cool. That's, that's the cool that's part. Much sooner than I expected. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's just like you know what? I, here's my here's my um my wish list would be like. I I would actually, I don't know. Maybe maybe if they could somehow make something that's the size of a Nintendo Switch with the control interfaces, but make it a bit more kind of molded 
because the Switch is very flat. It's not very comfortable to hold. And you could potentially fit a larger screen without... Because there's bezels, like maybe by having thinner bezels and switching to an OLED screen, you could potentially have like a bigger screen in the same footprint. Mm. For but what about yeah. the, like Nvidia Shield clamshell thing? Yeah, 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 and, and the yeah. So it, it could be something like um, like that. I mean, like Logitech's made uh, like it's got a long history with controllers, but I don't I don't remember their like kind of you know knock not knockoff, but like their kind of licensed controllers alternatives for Xbox and PlayStation being that like popular so I, I don't know how well they do with controllers i know like steering wheels and like flight sticks and stuff like great but yeah i don't know from a purely controller perspective so we'll see they've got the they've got the money and the resources and the research and development team to do it and yeah who knows it's just a, the 10 cent angle is like interesting mm. well they do have like I do kind of I tend to forget just how many like they have fingers in like every single pie of mm. gaming so it's like I do kind of forget just how entrenched they already are it's like they're like yeah. e- literally everywhere like they, I, mean, I don't think there's any companies they're not part of yeah and like imagine um, like if you think of it imagine this being sort of like a Trojan horse you know to get okay to use this you have to create a 10 cent account you know I guess and yeah. then now you've got like a whole bunch of like devices in Western countries that have a Tencent account. It's like, oh, and then you see an ad for a Tencent game or like, you know, something similar, right? Like that can, that can, that can happen in the future. Maybe. I was like, that, yeah, because like Facebook did the same thing with the uh, Oculus. Book, yeah. You know, before it was called Meta. Which everyone like, loved. And then they rolled it back <laughs> yeah. recently. Recently, very oh, recently. Yeah. 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 But it's like, I don't know, like, I, I think Tencent's thing is to make money on, like, a mass scale, like, mm-hmm. more, lots of little bits, more than it is trying to, like, really squeeze From everything out thing. of individual things. Yeah. 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 No, so, fair enough. Oh, yeah. But you're totally right. Like, maybe yeah. that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, this uh, next story is also, uh, I guess, like uh, some some new things being teased. And uh, basically, uh, Sony, uh, so the senior vice president of PlayStation's platform experience team, Hideaki Nishino, uh, took to the PlayStation blog to announce uh, that the latest uh, PS5 beta will include two, I guess, two highly sought-after features or two two kind of um, one highly sought-after feature and another kind of like nice-to-have feature. So the first feature is that the PlayStation 5 will support 1440p output over HDMI. Now, the reason why this is uh, important is because the 1080p and 4K are, are TV resolutions. So most people who are playing on a TV will have access to either of those. However, if you're the type of person who's plays on a monitor you know you could be in a college dorm or you could be uh you know you've got a whole setup around uh, a nice monitor like a 4k monitor or even like with like a really nice gaming monitor most gaming monitors that have a really good refresh rate really low input lag are 1440p it's the right sweet spot between size performance and number of pixels so the fact that a lot of these people like people with with already capable displays are seemingly arbitrarily locked out of that resolution 
to play their games seems it seemed baffling, especially because the Xbox Series and the Xbox One, like they both supported those, um, like both generations supported that resolution, um, and it just makes it easy. Like, like um, you know, f- former staffer Ed uh, used to he bought a fourteen forty p gaming monitor specifically for this new generation of consoles and then found out that only the Xbox Series S that he bought would support 1440p and that his PS5 would either run would run at 1080p and then the monitor's built-in scaling kind of like algorithms will kind of stretch the image to fill the full pixels which doesn't look as sharp and potentially add some input lag which you're trying to get rid of when you buy a monitor like this right yeah <laughs> so that's 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 why this is such a huge uh this is a big deal unfortunately at this stage it seems like um if you want to uh play the ps5 on a monitor that is 1440p resolution you won't also get the benefit of a variable refresh rate now a variable refresh rate means that um the the refresh rate so how many times the the screen uh, kind of flashes and, and updates the image on screen won't match the re- the frame rate of your game. So unless your game is like kind of locked at 30, 60 or 120, then it's fine. It's not an issue. Then, but when there's a mismatch between the frame rate and the and the the refresh rate of a monitor or a screen, you get what's called tearing, where you know part of one image is on on one on one half of the screen and the other part, the, the next part of the... So the next image is loading halfway and you get a little bit of kind of that jagged lines or kind of like a mismatch and that comes across as like... It looks like tears in the screen where there's like two images crossing paths. So variable refresh rate or, you know, kind of uh, free sync from the AMD side and um, G-Sync from the NVIDIA side is something that um, PC gamers have been using for years to kind of get around that. Uh, I think the Xbox One supported that, and now the Xbox Series S and X and the PS5 support it. But for the PS5, it doesn't appear to be supported at 1440p. At at this point in time, you know, it's still a beta after all. Um, um, as as like a a neat side effect though is that uh, a game that normally uh kind of targets a 4K resolution, uh the fact that those games will then be subsampled or kind of scaled down to 1440p means that you kind of get like sort of like a free anti-aliasing. So the free kind of filtering that removes kind of the jagged lines from from like around objects, you kind of get that for free because of the way that the technology works. It's just kind of like a bonus. So that that could be something that, that would be useful there. Mm. The The other thing I can think is that from a developer's point of view, it means that you, you, I mean, I guess with games are already a little bit more, a little bit more complicated now with the the graphic settings. You know, you've got performance mode, you've got, you know, kind of visual quality mode, and then now you're going to have that, but at 1440p. So a game that wasn't quite hitting 60 at 4K, but was hitting 60 fine on um, 1080p, you might find that there's going to be like a 1440p option that is locked at 60, whereas the 4K might be floating anywhere between like the mid 40s to 60. So this this could actually be like a good, like you know, this, I wonder what it means from a developer's point of view. Well, it's like if it's already been on Xbox for a long time, I'd kind of be interested to know mm. what kind of options are there. 
Yeah. Like, I wonder if this kind of stuff adds much work. I mean, I, I know it has to add some work at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I do wonder, it's like, are they, do they ever welcome this kind of stuff? Or is it just kind of one on the pile nowadays just because <laughs> yeah. there's so many options that I've expected? Yeah, they just they just go into their software kit and they just um go to the drop down menu, select resolution, and they uh where fourteen forty p was grayed out. Now it's option. That, that's how easy game development is, right? We just click fourteen forty p, export sixty frames, done. That's that's. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Move the mouse around. <laughs> Games. Yeah, there's a game there. Uh, the other feature that um uh Sony's uh including testing out in the in the latest beta, is that is the the game lists feature essentially it's a way for you to um, organize your game library into folders um, and you can have up to 15 I like the way you say that like it's like an innovation it's like whoa (laughs) I mean let's be honest it's something that like you know smartphones have had for like 12 years or something since they came out or since like iOS 2 or something very early and then the PS4 had it already I believe the Xbox already has it so um, now what you can do is you can you can organize you can have up to 15 lists of uh, up to 100 games in each list um, so you could have like a list saying okay completed games done you could have a list that's uh, you know multiplayer and then another list that's like narrative another list that's like shooter or racing and you can kind of separate that out and you know depending on your mood you can kind of flick through the list um, the great thing also is that there's no um, there's no kind of restrictions around having a mix of like um, disc games and you know kind of downloadable games. You can mix and match in your list, which is which I think is great. That that would be really frustrating. Mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it does sound pretty basic. I, I like you mentioned like completed games, and I was thinking I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny thing to do with games yeah. on the hard drive. But I do wonder if you can put it on stuff that aren't downloaded onto the console or not. But it is something kind of mm. interesting. Mm. But yeah. And and this and this also includes streaming games. So games like um like if you've got the premium premium super deluxe mega excellent version of PlayStation Plus, you can stream PS3 games on it, uh, which not in Australia but you know in other regions. Um, yeah. I, I think you get the PS1 and PS2 classics, but you don't get the streaming yeah. of PS3. Yeah. Yeah, we've got deluxe with those two things. Everyone yeah. else has got whatever they the word they have. That yes. has PS3 stuff too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess that's that's like a kind of a cool thing. Uh, Sony also quietly delisted or kind of quietly removed the accolades feature, essentially uh, from the the PS5. Essentially, it was a it was something new that was introduced that let players um, should I put it this way, kind of commend or award kind of like points to f- other players that they meet. Um, like players that they meet online um, to kind of like, I guess, commend them on gameplay or being like a great team player or or, or like being like having a good kind of battle with an opponent. Um, unfortunately, it seems like no one was using this, so therefore it's gone. Uh, the the way uh, Sony basically quietly updated one of its support sites and just said, "quote The feature hasn't seen the level of usage we anticipated, so we are refocusing our efforts." Quote. Um, Mm. Yeah, I uh, I when I first saw the headline, I thought that it was being used as like a way of trolling, because of course it would be. Um, it's like when it, I think it yeah. might just not be in some games. Yeah, I think it's like well. you know, it's like activity cards and stuff where it's like yeah, a not everything has that. Work. 
to have it. Yeah. yeah. Like almost nothing has activity cards, especially good ones. As far I actually I can't say that with certainty. But I know it's like relatively like a, like a good implementation of it. Yeah. It's yeah. like cuz I played Ghost of Tsushima the other week and that technically has them, but they don't really work. Like they could only like it's like <laughs> like a lot of the games are like they're almost like an extension of trophies where it just kind yeah. of tracks what you're doing yeah. and tells you what you've been doing lately, mm. but it won't necessarily work the way you want where it will like just, you know, toss you right into where to start that thing. Yeah. Because not every game's suited for it as well. So of course. it doesn't matter. But it's like it's so yeah, it's very varied. So it kind of makes sense that accolades is like and no one's heard about it since they announced it. So yeah. it, I imagine it just hasn't been in too many games in yeah. the first place. And um, this is going to happen. This is going to uh, the feature is going to go away in the fall of 2022. So um, our spring, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So sometime in the next like three, maybe like in the next three four months, expect it to go away. Um, yeah. So if, get if your you it. now. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Make sure you you commend everyone who's doing really well, who's really friendly to you online. Yeah, it, it's a real shame. Like, it actually yeah. sounds like a cool feature. Like, I'm sure I liked the idea of it a lot when it was announced, mm. like with the PS5 and so on. Yeah, but it's just it's yeah, it's like it's pity. It's I guess they could have done it better on not just like a full operating system level that does yeah. not need to be implemented so heavily, which would but, be cool and know. might spread some positivity. But who wants to? Apparently, gamers or bunch. Apparently, gamers don't want to commend each other or didn't even know they could. Or de- and also developers don't. And developers don't want players to. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's. I'll finish off this next story. This is a very quick one. Um, but essentially, uh, Discord has announced that it is going to be updating its Android app development going forward, uh, in such a way that it's going to have feature parity, and with the kind of the the desktop and iOS equivalents of the app. Essentially, what's been happening is that um. Uh, Discord uses the React Native quote um, the React Native software framework from Meta to I guess streamline development for the Windows, Mac, and uh, iOS slash iPad OS versions of Discord. Uh, Android was seemingly on a different type of kind of development structure, and so by bringing it onto React and and making it I guess streamlined, it means that. Uh, updates and features can be pushed across all the platforms uh, s- um, s- uh, through quote through a centralized and streamlined app development process uh, quote unquote and it also means uh, should mean m- uh, faster app uh, updates so more frequently happening um, and also uh, faster bug fixes which is great because like why 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 would you alienate like such a huge part of the smart? Why would you like kind of treat a whole a huge part of the smartphone market as like second class citizens? I do not understand. I do not support this. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Android users like it though. Every other app does it. Yeah. But, like, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is probably about time. Discord's like a very big thing it's and has been for a little now, while. So definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But um, let's uh, let's take it on to some kind of rumors and kind of like kind of new game leaks. Let's um, oh, yeah. Sorry, on. man. I need a break. Sorry. Oh yeah, go for it, man. Let's take a let's yeah. take a quick break, folks. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, good, man. Oh. 
So let's uh, let's finish off the last part of the news by talking about some of the couple of rumors and uh, kind of couple of interesting developments from the the game side of things. Uh, first of all, John, <laughs> uh, let's see, Crystal Dynamics, um, what's going on with Tomb Raider? Yes, um, big leak for Tomb Raider this week. Um, just kind of showing. I think it's like very similar thing that Silent Hill went through. Mm. a few months or so back so a lot of new details that were dmca'd by chris dynamics or embracer i'm not sure which um but seemingly the developer themselves mm. um yeah seemingly confirming a lot of it so over the weekend it's like yeah so it's like a number of new details part of this was that apparently it came from an addition audition script for a role in the game um and part of this this script illuminated aspects of the game. So this includes Lara Croft leading a team of younger Tomb Raiders. Um, Character-wise, she's dealing with the isolation of success. I think she's meant to be a like influencer type, which honestly isn't the worst avenue yeah. for a Tomb Raider, I suppose. But it doesn't anyway. It doesn't matter. But it's um, yeah. So this this leak was um, spread like this was like led i guess spearheaded whatever leaked by colin moriarty a renowned gross person who i don't actually remember why <laughs> but it, it is I, I don't a know, controversial figure um, yeah that's, and host that's of the fine. sacred symbols podcast yes um which is his playstation podcast i believe mm. well, I, I imagine it covers numerous things but um yeah in his video moriarty stated quote they DMCA'd Patreon to have them ask us to take down the offending audio of us talking about the new Tomb Raider game. I was, act- I was acting on the notion that this is fair use. This is general interest. This is of huge general interest. Um, he added, I didn't break into Crystal Dynamics to steal it. So, yeah, that's something. So it's, um, yeah, so it basically, just like Silent Hill, seemingly confirms that it's all real, more mm. or less. And, um, yeah, so, and now we have a something of an idea of what the next tomb narrator game will look like so yeah. it'll be because my first thought with the group of younger t- team of younger tomb raiders thing was that it's an excuse for co-op that that's what i was thought. thinking yeah. yeah and the she deals with isolation of the isolation of success as like an influencer in the world as like a famous person doing yeah. a very colonialist horrible thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's not forget that part. The last one was like really. They didn't make the last one. I just yeah, Montreal. I just did, Montreal. I think, I think but that so, one yeah. was like that one was the first one that tried to engage with the problematic aspects of the game, and apparently it just did the worst job of it. It did yeah. like the exact opposite by accident. <laughs> anyway, oh, wow. but the idea of her being more sad is not exciting to me. Yeah, considering that's her whole thing for the last uh, few games. And apparently the the and um Moriarty uh said he, he he got his hands on uh, a script uh, as part of an audition for one of the voice roles and this is where this, these details came from. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. But the fact that it got DMCA'd, it's kind of, it does that Barbara Streisand effect here, I think, where it's kind of yeah. amplified the message that the company was trying to suppress. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Like, it's such a easy thing to dismiss, to... Like yeah. as like like the kind of the nature of the leak and how few details were part of it, so it's not like it's spoiling any like major gameplay conceits or anything. I don't know. Maybe it's mm. like the story isn't unimportant, but yeah. it's also just um, 
don't know. It just feels like such an easy thing for people to glance at it and yeah. like have like a 50-50 kind of approach to it. I was like, oh, that might be true, but it might not be. <laughs> like just kind of not really remember it, you know? Like yeah. that's how I would have saw it. It's like, yeah. oh, that, that seems like a solid fake sort of thing. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. really seem like, you know, that believable at a glance. So I'm surprised mm. they'll go ahead and confirm it for us. Yeah. They really that, want us to thing. know. Is it on the opposite of what I think the company intended to do? Or maybe, yeah, who knows? Maybe it DMCA'd it to get attention to this and then it's actually going to change. It's actually all wrong. Maybe, who knows? Maybe that's like the long <laughs> play. <laughs> That'd be nice. I don't know um, the premise revealed <laughs> by this, but I'm also not a huge fan of the games. So. Yeah. I mean, I played the first two games. I mean, the first two of the reboot series, um, and, and like I enjoyed them. I haven't played what is it? What's the last one? Shadow of the Tomb Raider, um, yeah. which I've heard is the worst of them, or or at least not as good as the second one. one. Yeah, I've yeah. heard like good and bad in various yeah. ways, but it's um, it's yeah. I'd, I I've also played the first two because I played the first two kind kind of recently, but okay. I ended up getting yeah. burnt out by the second yeah, one. Yeah, you've got to like. Before I got into the third one, yeah, it seemed like it was a longer game. Yeah, that yeah, that's probably right. And you, I didn't, I didn't mind it either, but I do wish the writing was stronger. And I don't, I still don't like Lara Croft in this version much. Yeah, it's uh, very pouty generally, and also the fact that um, like you literally, you're basically fighting on, alongside some sort of facsimile of Jesus was kind of weird. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Wait, when that? If you remember, in the, one? <laughs> in the second one, yeah, remember that guy who turns out he's been, he's like a thousand oh, years yeah. old and stuff. Yeah, he's been like, he's got the stigmata. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, uh, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's that. Um, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, um, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll kind of uh leave that there. Oh, oh no, you're there. I'll leave that there. Um, let's let's cap it off by talking about this last piece of news, which is. Uh, that okay. A YouTube, a YouTube creator by the name of J Tits All Business, or JT, it's all business. <laughs> Sorry, um, said that after they invested about US equivalent of about a hundred thousand dollars into Diablo Immortal, which is the the kind of like free to play spin off, mobile first then slash PC spinoff of the Diablo series. So after spending all that money on it, they reached a point where the character was so overleveled that they couldn't actually matchmake with anyone anymore because there's no one who spent as much as them apparently to get there, right? Now, as part of this, after he's, you know, after he kind of made that video and, and talked about it, a lot of outlets picked it up. I mean, we're, we're, basing our reporting on on Eurogamer and Blizzard and in an update video um, at JT is all business sorry (laughs) Uh, uh, sorry my bad Um, saying um, that Blizzard has reached out to him sorry that a Blizzard representative has reached out to him and said that quote um, uh, it is it has quote approved a fix um, and that is coming in, quote, next coming days, end quote. Um, this is silly. Like, this is just like one of those just kind of silly stories 
but I was just yeah. like, it's just fascinating that you could actually. It's not a bad word for it, actually. Yeah. Silly. It's it just, just like yeah. all around just feels like a, this is a dumb thing this guy did, which yeah. whether it was addiction related or not, but I imagine it's not. I, 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 it's probably one of those like kind of like content kind yeah, of things you do for content, yeah. but I guess like Blizzard maybe didn't count on anyone spending that much money in the game this early. So it just had nothing to kind of get around, like to, to account for it. Um, it feels I like it's a, just funny. A good ending. <laughs> yeah. Like it, does feel, it does feel like something where it's like, this should be the consequence yeah. of it, shouldn't it? Like realistically. But yeah. Um... I mean, has has this person paid to win if they can't play with anyone? Like, you know, how can you win if you can't compete against anyone? Does that mean you've already won? <laughs> like there's no one at your level? <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you spend enough money if you give enough money to blizzard they'll teach you a life lesson yeah <laughs> a very a, Which, a valuable one that when costs you get thousand dollars <laughs> it's 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 lonely for the one percenters that's that's the that's the lesson apparently <laughs> oh. Oh. but yeah um that's going to do it for the news this past week it's been a, a it's actually been a surprisingly bumper week with all these kind of like very stories kind of happening and adding up to be a pretty big uh, step. So let's um let's move over to talk about the chit chat and uh, what we've been playing or watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, John, you've um. You've been, uh, you've still been watching players, haven't you? The uh, the mockumentary series from Paramount Plus. Yeah. So the last two episodes came out. So I've finished it now. First season has been um, is over. So it's I really loved the ending of that show. Like that show really, really um, what's the word? Like, like it lands well. Whatever the phrase is, <laughs> like it mm. like lands the. Oh, damn it. Kind of anyway, the, the promise. It sticks sure. the landing when it of the promise. Sticks that, the landing. Yeah, That's the word go. I wanted. Um, yeah, like it's a very like I really enjoyed it as like it does what I really wish more shows would do. Like maybe it's just because they did they're not necessarily expecting a second season too, but it has like most of the last episode is like a full resolution and kind of concludes like wow. it like has a lot of new stuff to the main story, which is like I remember the show Justified, which is mm. sort of a pulp like neo-western show from a few years ago back and yeah. that one like i remember one of the things i really loved about that show each season would have um maybe i'm misremembering has been a while but I, what i remember noticing at least once was that like one season would you know get to the last like episode or two and then have like the main plot line is like over an episode or two before it so you just get like a full resolution of that story and which then... always made a lot of sense to me as like a television show that lasts like 10 hours or whatever. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, anyway, I'm getting away from it. I really like, that's I really pretty cool. That idea. Yeah, to... yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I, I enjoyed about it. So it's like, yeah, to kind of recap plays is a mockumentary slash parody, like sports documentary parody, except it's about a team at the league of legends, like esports competitive level um, called fugitive. And then kind of reaching the grand finals of like the North American bracket. And yeah, like it's so it's like based on kind of parodying The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls slash Michael Jordan, Jordan documentary. Yep. 
um, series. So it's, but it's, you know, entirely fictional. And it's like, I really, yeah, like I was just surprised at how much I enjoyed the ending of it. Like it's like, cause the whole show is like quite good. Like mm. I, I was surprised at how good it was and how much it's not really much of a comedy as I was saying last week, but it's, um, yeah, like as a story, it like really comes together in a really strong way. So if anyone has Paramount in Australia, which, cause I'm not sure what else is, well, too much else is on there. It's very much Halo. Like, uh, I know, but it's Star like, Trek like, having has moved over. Oh, there's this show called Dark Winds that I haven't yeah. finished. And Evil. But, uh, I've heard Evil apparently is a big show on there. Which Oh, like, is it on Paramount? Okay. I think it's it Paramount. Man. Mate, oh, I could be... St- oh, I don't know. They're both blue. They're both blue <laughs> with white writing. It's, it's... Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, anyway. I watched that. I really enjoyed it. I hope it gets a second season, but like because of the ending, it doesn't really need it. Like I thought that was like... They did a really good job of like wrapping up the core story there's still threads to follow like big ones but because it's kind of a documentary parody anyway it kind of works that there isn't an ending you know just because life's like that you can have like it has an ending in some ways but you know things just keep going in ways Mm. that can be big or small and i kind of like that aspect of it yeah but um yeah it's um yeah so i had a question so it's like like it does weave in kind of like real players and real like teams, right? Like into the narrative. I think there's real teams in it, but I have no yeah. idea about the real players aspect. Gotcha. Like everyone seemed like an actor to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like no one else, yeah. no one stood out as like a real person trying to act. So yeah. but maybe that's a compliment. I don't know. But it's, maybe. Uh, maybe. Oh, I will say I noticed towards the end is that like exactly like the last dance didn't teach me anything about basketball. And I still don't know anything about basketball. This show did not teach me about League of Legends. <laughs> it just I still was don't incidental. Know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> like so, it's um. So that's something. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool, man. No, that's that's awesome. It's a is, is that a, is that a recommendation from you? Yes. Definitely. Cool. Awesome. It's like one of the only gaming related shows. Shows I would say is very good in its own right. <laughs> it's yeah. Um. Aside oh, from that. Por código que caldo que fa en Romania. Uh, hey, we have a new follower. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm so sorry. We, I th- Is that Italian? Romania sounds like a region in Italy. Top pronuncia. Oh, Romania Pro- is a place. No, no, Romania. Because um, oh. <laughs> I know that because the, cause, cause the Emilia Romagna um, race... In Formula One, the Grand Prix is held at Imola, and they always say Romagna, which I think is a region, like a like a region oh, okay. in um Italy. So, um, grazie. <laughs> I don't know how to say welcome in in Italian. I would I'd love to know. Please do. Uh, Fa un caldo della Madonna. I do not know what that means. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but thank you. I think. <laughs> yeah. Please. I hope we're thankful. Yeah. Oh, oh that's true. That's true. Um, um yeah what else uh you've been uh you've been also watching a little bit of uh the rehearsal yes um the rehearsal is nathan fielder's new television show on hbo um I, I, it airs on binge here that oh, streaming God. platform that's Use. kind of foxtel ish yeah that sucks um, no like no surround sound, any no better. HD. Like, no, I'm, I'm watching it through other means that i haven't tried binge out in a I, while again I, I I wouldn't expect it to be 
being binge. You can't even unsubscribe from its web like from its marketing because you it doesn't web the website doesn't look uh look well. Uh, uh Rubino Lover asks how we are. Uh we are very well. Well, I am very well. John sounds like you've been you've been uh he's been in storm stormy weather braving yeah. the braving the harsh weather in Western yeah, Australia. In, yeah, here in Perth, Western Australia, it's <laughs> like there's a storm front just hitting us very hard mm. right now. So it's almost over, so that's something. <laughs> um, how, how are you, Rubino Lover? We'll, uh, we'll wait for their response while you... Tell us a little bit about the rehearsal. So uh, Nathan Fielder, Nathan for you, is this like a bigger budget kind of like continuation of it? Like it... It looks oh, weird, man. Probably not, because I haven't. I, I've only seen a little bit of Nathan for you. I've always been mean to watch it, but I, like the the premise behind Nathan for you was he was a someone he was someone with like a college degree in like business, hmm. and he was using that as a like he reached out to real people, and came up with sometimes bizarre but like genuinely well-meaning ideas on how to improve their business. Yeah, like that was the premise of that one. This one is a bit different where it's um, he's basically got all the money he needs to kind of get people. Uh, oh, no, I was going to um, say, sorry, Rubino Lover Owl. Sound alerts are broken. I've got to fix that. <laughs> oh. So sorry. But um, he does say, or he or she says, here in Italy, it is very hot. Yes, we have heard about the, the, the heat wave um, uh, affecting a lot, like most of Europe, it seems like. So I really hope that... Um, you know, you're, you've been able to avoid, you know, getting heat exhaustion or any other issues from it. Uh, but yeah, sorry, John. Oh, yeah. So the rehearsal is, it's like another kind of similar scenario where he's reaching out to real people or like mm. other, he's like, he put out like a Craigslist ad for like basically searching for, I'm actually not sure. It was very short. It was very much trying to get anyone, getting a lot of people. Because it was like a Craigslist ad that said, you'll be on television, send in like an audition. I think that was like the whole thing. Like it was very mm. much trying to pull in any sort of anybody and yeah. like just like a lot of interesting scenarios because the first episode is about someone who was a trivia fan, like spent a lot of his free time going to trivia bars, playing mm. trivia, just like a Jeopardy fan, you know? Huh. And like that was a big part of his life and a big part of his friend group. And he was saying that he accidentally kind of, he ended up, lying on the spot about having a master's degree to this friend's group uh -oh. and it kind of ended up kind of take like it just kind of never stopped being a part <laughs> of his backstory for these people yeah. and you he really, really wanted stop. to get he wanted to break free of it and there was one friend he was really afraid would react in a really bad way mm. and so basically the idea behind the first episode at least is that um with like nathan is allowing him to rehearse it so comprehensively got you like every act like there's new actors coming in like an actor has to like goes and has an interview like a wow. fake interview with the person so they can get their mannerisms down so they can play them well in a rehearsal for like weeks <laughs> just to get this conversation down it's that really is so it's cool really that it's is like so very, absurd and cool it's, it, yeah it's like it's it's like the hardest i've laughed in a while and also genuinely like really sincere as well it's it's amazing it, it's like and it's like because a lot of the like humor comes from just realizing that something's fake suddenly like something's <laughs> been like a part of the rehearsal you know and, and yeah. nathan 
Nathan Fielder is a very funny person in his own right, but it's basically like a big examination of how social awkwardness and anxiety okay, manifests sure. and like how you approach Cause I'm, I'm an introverted person with mm. a lot of social anxiety Yeah, and it's very reminiscent of how you approach gotcha. like human beings, you know, like so you, you, you plan oh, it out, okay. like, you know, like, no, not, not so literally, yeah. but you think through a lot of it as much as yeah. you can to try and make sure it goes in a way that doesn't. That so he, wrong. so he's helping, so he's helping these people with their real life problems or like kind of get ready for this situation by like, yeah, with providing the resources to make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, wow, so there's only, yeah. I think the first season is only six episodes long. The yeah. second, I've seen the first two episodes. The second episode is like the first half of two episodes. So I'm not actually, I have no idea how this season is going to mm. go, considering it's already gone to a two-parter mm. after the first episode. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's, um, oh yeah, uh-huh. so part of that first episode as well is like building a replica bar of the bar he's going to. And it's like perfect. And there's <sighs> actors in it playing the people in it. Like it's like, that's crazy it's, man that is so yeah, crazy so it's basically his like whole like it's the premise but with enough money to really do it you know <laughs> yeah exactly you can spend as much as you want to make sure you can rehearse it exactly as you need it to be rehearsed gotcha as, you know it's it's, a, it's yeah it's amazing i love it <laughs> um, i'm gonna watch some nathan for you just to like get, get up to speed and i think this is gonna be like a, a really fun thing uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Pcross has been on your on your 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 playlists since it's last the only week. Thing which I've is been good. playing since last week. Um, so it's yeah, there's no news there. I'm still really still liking fun. this 3ds game, and yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. What about you? What are you up to? Uh, well, I guess for me, uh, what was it? My wife and I tried to watch everything, everywhere, all at once. Um. Uh, like we've got through like about halfway through it. Like it's, it's not that it's a bad movie. I think it's kind of clever in a few ways, but it's just a bit, like it's it's like a two and a half hour movie or something. And it's like um, I, like the premise is that like you know there are multiple universes and there are and and we exist in multiple universes and basically the decisions we we make in our life, every time we make a choice, it splits off and creates another universe. And so there are those who can tap into these other universes, versions of themselves in these other universes, and then take on that person's skills, skill sets and mannerisms and things like that, and bring it into their current self. Um, Rubino Lover, please feel free to let us know what you've been, um, what you've been watching, if there's anything that you want to you wanna talk, uh, tell us about. Um, yeah, so, we, so like, you know, it, it stars Michelle Yeoh, um, who's playing a like you know like a, like a someone who's like a f- not even first generation like she immigrated to america with her husband started a life here it's been a very difficult life you know trying to like put a kid through school um running trying to run multiple businesses and and things like that and all the kind of the challenges that comes from being an immigrant in america and then as part of this like turns out that in alternate universes she, like her husband like she's a brilliant scientist who's created something that taps into other universes and obviously somehow um like the Loki style thing there's like a deviant version of someone uh like who's like trying to destroy all the other universes and stuff like that and so like her husband in the other universe 
is like a really like like sort of like a secret agent, like really adept at all the skills that her real like her current husband isn't. So it's kind of like weird. Everyone's like she's just kind of like bouncing from reality to reality, but still trying to make it through this reality that she's in. So it's 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 a cool idea. There's some kind of clever things, but like we got kind of halfway through it, and like it's it's a very dense movie. Um, so it's. Like the annoying thing is you can't stream it anywhere. We we rented it, so if I want to finish it, I have to rent it again. <laughs> you know, I which is the way things used to be back in the day. So I'll, uh, I don't know. I'll see what I do if I if I end up finishing it. But I think I will. It's just maybe it was just like a bit too much for the for the mood we were in. You know, sometimes you just don't want something that's a lot of thinking. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that, that was um. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, Resident Evil TV show. Yeah, so we'll watch like we've 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 watched the kind of like the first three. Like we're, I think we're into the third episode. Um, I don't know why everyone hates it. Like so many people are trashing <laughs> it, but I don't understand yeah. why. Like okay, it, it it's like. Like I, I kind of like the CG and stuff, and like it's cool how it kind of taps into the because I I don't I haven't I haven't played a Resident Evil game. I've seen them being played. Okay, I started Wait. playing Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> okay, I, I I started playing it a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. All right, it's so disconnected from the mythos, mythos as well. Like that yeah. part that you played, it's like if you could play anything in the Resident Evil game, that you'd get so little <laughs> out of that one. You exactly. Know, learning anything? Yeah. So like I like, but because I'm a sucker, I go on YouTube and look at all the. Um, kind of lore videos of every, any universe that I'm like tangentially like interested in, and so I like I know all the stuff about Resident Evil, but then I I haven't played them. <laughs> I've seen Resident Evil Four being played, and I've and I've played the first oh. kind of like bit of like Resident Evil Seven, which as you mentioned yeah. is quite like there's no mention of anything like there's not even I haven't even been up to a part where there's any mention of the rest of the Resident Evil universe or anything like that, right? But um great thing is like I, I think it's like it's like a it's like set in two timelines. One set in the present day like sorry, one set in like, you know I think I think it's like twenty years in the future or something. And then one set like in twenty twenty two. Um and like one set at the beginning of the outbreak, you know, where the where the experimentation is and then like in the future when you when you're trying to survive and make it through so basically there were two sisters with different mothers born uh, uh who are the same father which is albert wesker it's a name that sounds familiar to everyone however in this instead of being a caucasian blonde-haired super soldier with you know leather clothes because that's just what they do he is still a brilliant scientist, but he's black, <laughs> and that's been the hu- that's been such a and he's huge... still perfect because of that actor. Yeah, because he's actor. he's played by Lance Reddick, who plays yep. uh, Commander Zavala in the Destiny games. Uh, I don't know who he plays in in um, uh, Horizon, but I know he's one of like the chiefs or something in that. He also uh, plays the concierge in the John Wick films. So for me, I'll, I'll just watch anything that's got him in it, and he's he's he's. Yeah, like he he plays the role of the scientist who's warning the corporation against this experiment. Obviously, things go wrong, and then you know. So I'm still like a few episodes in, but I, like I'm enjoying it so far. I don't, I mean, knowing what we know now about people complaining about things being woke, like 
Why does that happen? <laughs> you know, you know how people complain that about. The race part, or? Oh, I haven't. Done, I haven't even got to that part yet. <laughs> is oh, that a part okay. in there? I don't, I don't even know that part. No, um, I mean, is are people saying it's woke because it's got black people? As yes, people are yeah. hating the fact that um, you know, Wesker's black, and you know, and and all the connotations, all the associations there. It's like, on people are like, oh, you know, look what they did with Ghostbusters and 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 all this stuff. Like, why is there a black storm? Tr- you know, like what happened with um Obi Wan, right? With Moses Ingram, her character, like, yeah. uh. You know, being, it's just like people are just going to be people and they'll just find flaws in anything. Like, if there's a flaw here, it wouldn't be the fact that he's a black character. The flaw would be that, you know, maybe the CGI isn't good or maybe the writing's not good or something like that. You know what I mean? There's always another reason for something being bad other than the race or the recasting of something. But people always would like to point to it because, you know, fandoms, fans sometimes get like a weird attachment to media to like properties and they feel like they've got ownership over it which i never i don't get it it's just a movie or it's just a show it's just a game like you know sure. just yeah anyway um but yeah like, i'm enjoying it so far i'll um i'll uh i guess like i'll find out a bit more like maybe i'll have more to say next week um i'll be interested to because you've seen the resident evil was it escape from raccoon city right that was the movie that yeah the live action movie that most people, like everyone except you, trashed. <laughs> I really, d- I didn't mind it either. I, yeah. I thought the ending was pretty, like probably not good much at all. Yeah. But I thought I really enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah. So it's, I so, don't know. I never actually looked at reviews up for yeah. anything. So I'm actually, I never, I'm not sure what people criticize yeah. about it. That doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then like I actually didn't mind what is it, uh, Infinite Darkness, the kind of the CGI Resident Evil show on Netflix. That seemed all right. Um, I mean, uh, and then I I watched, I think I'm like halfway through it or something. It's just, yeah. (laughs) I I, I don't finish shows. I think that's the problem now. Unless it's like Stranger Things or something really compelling. But um, like, it it looks like there's a decent budget in it and stuff. And um, I, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be interested in hearing what you think about it as well. Like if you watch it, like what you think. Especially because you watched the live action, like the most recent kind of live action reboot. Um, I wonder what you think here as well. Um, yeah. It's yeah. like, does my quality test like really does hold it pass up? <laughs> the John test? Yes. Yeah. Like literally on screen right now, there's um like all these kind of um things on the side, but there's like a uh, another woke shit show is literally the thumbnail in like one of the videos on it because like you know people talk about the Netflix checklist, you know. There has to be high school bullying. There has to be a queer character. There has to be like, uh, you know, a minority character within the first ten minutes and things like that. People like have that as like a you know a tent pole Netflix show needs to have those things. So, you know, yeah. you're never going to make people happy. So I, I just say fuck them. I feel don't worry like, about it. Yeah, I agree with all that. But it's like, I feel like with Wesker, it's like he's someone who, um, if you try to get him exactly right. Or you know, right according to the games and stuff, he's gonna be boring because yeah. like he's not like his character works because the voice acting and the animation and just how batshit the universe is. Yes, because really Resident Evil is a campy <laughs> mess. It's like it's 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 like a soap opera with zombies. That's how I always think about it. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And it's like it's just yeah. like you know, if you're trying to, this obviously this show was obviously doing another thing, but yeah. if you wanted to make 
Wesker. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't yeah. say. But it's like I, I to me, it makes sense to get someone like Reddick, who has like such an extremely powerful voice and just yeah. performance in general. It's like he, he, yeah. Oh, go on. He sorry. plays, he plays the Wesker like you think. Like so far, he's like very. He's a brilliant scientist, um, who's you know, potentially injected himself with this virus or whatever. And he's very suave. He's very charming, but he's also got like a very, you're right, a very powerful, very kind of like compelling voice. And there's like, you know, like you get the, yeah, and he seems perfect, you know, like he's tall, he's he's like fit, he's brilliant, he's wealthy and all this stuff. But you, he, he does a good job of kind of like hinting that there's something not right. <laughs> and I think that's what you want from a role like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, that's, um, I'll, yeah, I'll let you know, um, what I think the the one thing that really rubs me the wrong way is that the 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 young like like he's he has like two daughters and one of his daughters is uh like black like black like maybe African American I don't know apparently one daughter's kind of like she looks Filipino so apparently they're both his child but different mothers so who knows oh, what okay. weird genetics went there you know what I mean there's I'm sure there's going to be some twist where there's some weird kind of experiments done there but. Um, the black daughter, she's darker as a young as her young self than as her adult self, and that just trips oh. <laughs> me out. Like, um, yeah, that's funny. Like, who knows? Maybe like, like being uh, being a person of color, and then within my own kind of culture, there's a lot of colorism there of like different mm. shades of color. Like, maybe this just triggers me, but it's just something that just doesn't it just doesn't seem right. Um, yeah, I get. What I don't you know. Mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, that's um that's the Resident Evil live action TV show on Netflix. So yeah. Um it, it's it's you can see the budget behind it actually, like it looks good so far, but who knows? Maybe maybe I'm woke and so I'm I'm not success I'm not I mean you, you know, are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So uh, how dare I? Um I would love to talk about the Star Wars Andor trailer. Yeah. But what do you think of it? Oh, do we not have time? No, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, we have gone for a long time, but it seems all right. He's kind of a forgetful, forgettable character, so I don't know why you focus on him. I'm guessing that people must have really resonated with him. Like, I loved Rogue One, but if you think too hard about Rogue One, it doesn't stand up. But I remember when watching it, I loved it. Like, the way it was set, I loved the Darth Vader scene, how they kind of tied into the end of sorry the beginning of episode four like i really liked all that stuff but he wasn't the memorable part of it he was kind of a douche throughout it well i'm kind of amazed this show exists not not just because of that but also just that taking that kind of character and building Mm. a yeah like to know a 12 episode season like premier prestige television season like this is probably the most expensive thing outside of like um cast prices i guess yeah it's like probably the most expensive thing on disney plus as like a disney plus specific mm. show maybe i don't know maybe maybe it really yeah. isn't but it look it's more expensive than the other star wars stuff. and disney yeah. stuff so far like they're obviously pumping money into it yeah. it really looks expensive do you know how we know that like, huh? because there's no scenes on tatooine that's how we know oh, that yeah. they spent more money <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I need to get used. We yeah. can't use this, but the set visual anymore. effects and everything look amazing, man. And the yeah. sets, like, and they've got like you know, Stellan Skarsgård and like a few other, like, um, 
Forrest Whitaker's character's back. So so good. Save the rebellion. Save the dream. I, I, I just, I still remember that. Like, he was the most underused, like, actor. Like, he was there for, like, five minutes, and he's meant to be kind of, like, the leader of the rebellion at that, that stage. Oh, he shows up in the, that Star Wars. Yeah, like, he was in uh, Jedi Order, Fallen Order. Order, and then he he's here had now. more of a role there. Yeah. He wasn't in it at a time, but still. Yeah. But it's, um... But yeah. Like, it looks cool. And it, like, you know, kind of talking about that, like, the rebellion is hinted at in Obi-Wan Kenobi because it's still very early. But this yeah. is, like, directly talking about the creation of the Rebel Force. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, um, oh yeah, the Rebel just to Alliance. follow up what I saying, yeah. it's like, it's creating a show around Andor, this, you know, this dude who's not like, you know, like a support, main supporting character in yeah. Rogue One and building like this big kind of politics heavy thriller instead of just like more kind of mainstream Star Wars style stuff like Obi-Wan was. It's like, it's such a big move that's mm. so like like i don't know like who convinced this disney to spend money on it because it's such a like it's so out of step with everything else they make yeah and, and like i'm sure yeah. it's not going to be like incredibly like ambitious in the way that it's like kind of you know bold in that sense but it's like yeah it seems it's very weird for like considering everything else yeah and like why not um yeah, like, why not focus on, like, I don't know, maybe, like, Kyle Katarn or something, you know? Like, he's, like, one of those characters that was, like, from the kind of Star Wars Legends and then became canon, right? So why not, you know, why not a character like that that actually, like, apparently Kyle Katarn from the games and, the and like, the depictions, like, he's very kind of, like, he's, he's like, he's still, like, a rogue and, and charismatic, but he's also a very capable fighter and, like, a leader, you know what I mean? Whereas this guy is just, like... His whole thing is that he's got a Mexican accent, and that's not his whole thing. That, that's his. What, like, what, what other character trait did he have in Rogue One? <laughs> I think that the point of the show is to because yeah. apparently there's meant to be two seasons, and that that will lead into Rogue One. Like that is like what's happening. Oh, okay. And like yeah. um the whole like I think the arc of this show is him becoming the sort of sacrificial rebel yeah. leader, the martyr. Yeah, and like you know, and actually one. doing it in a more dramatic sense rather than just yeah. kind of having the kind of stock standard hero's journey yeah which yeah because i will say i like that they're making this show yeah i'm like i like that it's about and or someone who i otherwise did not care about okay. much i like i love that 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 exists like i'd rather that i wish spin-offs happened to more like side characters like that all the time yeah it's way more interesting to me personally yeah, for sure because let's like, be honest luke skywalker sucks and we've covered that before he's just kind of lame in in the shows like, Wait, Luke. You mean Obi Wan or Luke? Both, man. Oh, okay. Like, he sets up this Jedi school and then flunks the only student he has because of some uh, like, some... <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that part either. Yeah, but it's like, anyway. um, it's yeah, because yeah, I like I oh uh, yeah, I was I'll also say I wasn't taken with Rogue One all that much. A lot of people like it way more yeah. than I do. I only watched it the one time when it came out, so it's been a long time. Yeah, but it's um. Yeah, I didn't love it. I think mm. I just I didn't love it's more cynical. I'm not even sure if I had a cynical tone. I just didn't like the darker tone all that much. I, I didn't work for me personally, even though yeah. I usually take to that kind of stuff. And like there were scenes in the trailer that weren't in the final movie, like the whole kind of like Jin Erso giving delivering kind of the speech that the pep talk, you know, kind of like showing her development into a rebel. Like whereas like in the movie it just becomes like 
I have daddy issues. And now I'm going to kill the Empire. <laughs> like, it just... Like, I that character okay. arc didn't happen. Uh, like, that, that, it wasn't shown. And it was, like, kind of hinted at in the trailer, but then, like, left on the cutting room floor. So, who knows? Um, yeah, because yeah. there was, like, a lot of editing that went into this. And before, from what I remember... Oh, no, not into this, sorry. Into Rogue One. Yeah. It's like, I remember... I actually forgot about that. It's and I like, think it was directed... Was it directed I, by Gareth Edwards? The, the Godzilla director? I think it was. I, was it? I don't Maybe. know. I'll find out. But it's... Um, Rogue One is directed by... Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, Gareth, Gareth Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. Because I remember because Gary, Gary Witter, who used to be a, a games journalist turned screenwriter, wrote the story for this. Uh, or ah. part of it. Yeah. Part of, he was one of the screenwriters on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like... Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, so... Uh, my memory of Rogue One is not especially liking it. I didn't hate it or anything. It just wasn't my favorite. Mm. And... I like I don't know Andor is like so much more interesting to me because it's like a big show that seems to be have like a more like I was like kind of watching the trailer it's like oh well there's like multiple story threads that feel unique and not yeah silly. you know like like it suddenly felt like novels to me for some reason even though yeah. that should be how a novel like a, a trailer is where it like feels like it's yeah. giving you a taste of a lot of stuff that you can't you know it's like I'm not even sure if there was a difference with the other trailers I think with like Obi-Wan it's like a lot of the shows you can kind of they're so short and they're so straightforward that you kind of get a strong sense of it without even seeing a trailer even yeah but once you see a trailer it's like okay i know the story now yeah which is fine because that's what they are but it's like and or it's like it felt like it's like oh i forgot this feeling from mm. one of these projects where i'd feel like you know there's yeah. just i'm watching something with basically no knowledge of what's going to happen yeah. outside of which i think is cool i think that's cool yeah. Yeah, because like you know the and 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 there seems like a lot more varied kind of landscapes and stuff, and it's cool seeing the the rebellion being created and um um yeah, so it, it is it's definitely cool, and I love the f yeah um I mean uh, you know what I may not remember him or care about him, but who knows maybe this will make me because we learn hopefully. more about him. So yeah. I think that's like yeah, hopefully that's like yeah. It has to be like the end goal almost. Yeah, and, and then uh, there's there's like Hispanic characters, and then there's Indian. There's well, we've already had like kind of African African American characters. Now we've got an Indian character in here, who's like a I mean a side character, but hey, there's someone in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, it's, um, we'll yeah. See. So, yeah, is that what we got to say about Andor? Pretty much, man. Um, I'm excited, but it's going to be interesting because like i think disney just announced that it's moving she hulk to fridays oh, instead yeah. of the wednesday release which i think is probably because there's just too many things happening uh too many yeah, shows yeah but i think the i'm not sure if it was actually true but i think the ms marvel kind of i think like playing side by side with everyone for a few weeks oh uh, yes that it. would yeah that makes sense yeah yeah. So, oh. like, I guess they don't want to do that so much. Yeah. Which makes sense because it's kind of hard to, well, yeah. not hard. Like, you can keep up with two shows, but I imagine they want a direct conversation towards something in particular, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or just let it breathe. Do one show and then do, do a Marvel and then a, a Star Wars and then a something else, yeah. maybe. Like, anyway, well, that's, that's kind of what they had for a while there, but yeah. Um, I think that also happened with like Hawkeye. I think the end of Hawkeye and the start of Obi Wan kind of overlapped as well. I think. 
I think there's oh, okay. something like that, yeah. Maybe. Or maybe I'm just completely crazy, um, which very, very possible. I th- actually, I think you might be thinking of Boba Fett. Oh, Boba Fett. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. Obi-Wan was this year. That was like May. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't longer. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Anyway, uh, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for another episode of Double Jump Radio. As always, you can support uh, Double Jump by becoming a patron or uh, becoming a member at doublejump.co slash memberships. Um, please head over to doublejump.co and uh, find links to all of our social media pages as well as our official Discord. We are working on a new Discord, but we'll have more details to share in the, I guess, coming weeks, months. Who knows? <laughs> We're still trying to make sure that it's going to be the best Discord we can we can, uh, we can make for the community. Um, but, John, it's uh, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, so, I'm... Hopefully, I'll have more to say about Resident Evil next week. And hopefully, I'll get to finish off Ace Combat because I haven't played that in a little while. Finish off? <laughs> I <laughs> thought you barely started it. <laughs> no, now I've got a few more missions in, but yeah, who knows? Flying fast and loose. It's, it's fun, but uh, I just want to finish it now. So I've got to that okay. stage. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, as always, everyone, thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week and uh, look out for one another. Peace.